and welcome to Last Time on Video Games, the podcast that still exists on the internet. My name is Jeremy. A chip off the old data mine. I'm Tyler. What do I do again? Um, I don't know that we do do anything for this one. I don't know. It's been so long since we recorded last time. This is the one where we actually do jokes and Zach tries his hardest not to say his name, and I call <laughs> uh, him out. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was every show at this point. But... No, I'm actually really good about it on uh, Gundam. My name is Zach. It was mainly because I got away with it a couple of times that Jeremy missed when we were recording, and so now he's doubly sure to make sure I call my name out on this podcast. Yeah, it sucks to have to go to an old podcast and pull out Zach saying, my name is Zach, and put it in there. <laughs> I mean, it's not like any of them are different from each other. Sometimes you do a joke. Now I just wish this game had blockchains. Like, I wish <laughs> there was a Bitcoin part of this. Where you can just, like, assign unused chips oh, or something. that's what the roguelike mining. should be called, right? Like, this is the blockchain. If you oh. ever need to grind, it'll just... That's way... It's endless, and you yeah. get, like, meaningless currency out of it. It's yep. great. Which you can trade for, like, Ultima Weapon. I love this concept. Unfortunately, I don't think blockchain was a well-established, like, mathematical principle when this came out. No, I think you are correct. We uh, played Mega Man Battle Network 2 because I decided... Uh, the game with the two on the end is the best, right, Jeremy? We should have probably just played one. I think I was actually thinking of three, but three was when they decided to Pokemon it, and there's, I think, white and blue or something. <laughs> yeah, I think I think you mentioned that about the franchise, and I think that's why I think you meant three, because you mentioned that there were multiple games in that, and I was like, there's only one of these. For what it's worth, I like Battle Network 2 better than I like Battle Network 1, so... See, I have not played Battle Network 1 since I was eh, 16. Yo, younger, I was definitely in my old house when I played it. Gotcha. Jeez, that was a long time ago. They they made some mechanical upgrades that I think helped it out a lot, but we nev- we're never going to play that game for this show, so... Nope. We played our uh, required one Mega Man Battle Network game, parenthesis one, parenthesis <laughs> two. <laughs> <laughs> if you want to hear what we play in the pandemic, you can go to patreon.com slash lastpodcast. We had a bonus episode all about it that you can get for $5, plug, plug, plug. Zach, what video games have you been playing so I can take my nap and hear about it when I edit the podcast? <laughs> I played all the way through that Jurassic Park Evolution, like, park managing game. Yeah, what ex- I, I saw you talking about it. What exactly is it? Is it just, like, Zoo Tycoon? It's but... a Zoo Tycoon, okay. basically, for dinosaurs. You have to go find the fossils and whatnot and research them to a certain extent before you can make those dinosaurs. And sometimes they can just die. And so when you've dumped a million and change into making a t-rex that doesn't get to viability and so just dies is kind of frustrating one of the main problems that i encountered is that a lot of the island spaces are kind of pokey to deal with there's no like starting area if you remember roller coaster tycoon at all the very first stage is just a big open grassland basically with not a whole lot of weird elevation changes and stuff whereas this one because it's all on the islands they're all very strange. Like, the last island is basically a big donut around this big mountain in the middle. So, building the enclosures is kind of frustrating. Uh, especially when I was doing that one, I had a bunch of stegosauruses that were freaking stupid. And they kept getting separated <laughs> from each other and getting out. Because they were like, I'm lonely. I'm like, you literally have a herd right over there. Go back into your damn enclosure. So, I got to bring in the dude with the dart rifle again. It's like, I literally just sat down for lunch. Seriously? <laughs> <laughs> That's why you pay... Oh, man, I can't think of the actor's name. Chris Pratt? Yes, it was Chris Pratt. See, I had Pine. I was like, that's not right. And I tried all the other letters, and I needed to circle back to P. And, and his Velociraptor bros? Yeah. I actually have Velociraptors. I think in that last stage, they're all currently hanging out with a Spinosaurus. Are they Raptor bros, though? 
not as far as I can tell. They are extremely annoying when they get out because they're so small. Getting the chopper to target them is frustrating. I do like how you can actually take direct control of the helicopter in your Jeep and drive them around. <laughs> Every time you do, you say, assuming direct control. Uh, yeah, kind of. But it's a fun it's a fun management game. They give you some goals and like, okay, we want you to do this and complete it and good luck. And it's like, all right, whatever. I completed like every challenge in, that they had. I haven't done the like sandbox one, but that's kind of because I finished most of the other stuff. And I was like, I'm going to go play a different game now. And just never came back to it. Just haven't done that yet. Played a lot of League of Legends and a lot of WoW with WoW with Jeremy and Kevin and them, which is I it's like fine. how you've renamed Chris them. <laughs> I used them because I was like, he's not on any of the podcasts. But but you mentioned Cody all the time. I you used yeah, to. That's true. When Cody existed. <laughs> if you're still listening, Cody, we miss you. But I played a lot of WoW with those guys generally on like Fridays and such. Played a game I kickstarted a while back. I'm not sure how much I'm allowed to talk about it on this podcast, though. <laughs> Me and Kevin were both very surprised that it was as polished as it actually is. Well, so say the name, and I will beep it if I have to. Yeah, say, why are you not allowed to talk about it, Zach? (laughs) Okay, so the game itself is called... Okay. That seems innocuous. It it has, like, a shoot-em-up mechanic on it. Okay. Also, you get to... uh, How to phrase this delicately? Is it like those Mahjong games? What Mahjong games are you talking about? (laughs) You know those ones. (laughs) The ones where there's a uh, a naked girl under the Mahjong tiles. Ah, yes, yes, okay. Is this Galgon double piece too? Double the double piece. No. (laughs) It's worse. I was like, but also yes. (laughs) It is a full-on adult game outside of the whole shoot-em-up thing. So, and me and Kevin, like I said, we Kevin is also, I I don't even, like... I'll throw you a rub, Zach. What else have you been playing? (laughs) did start up another playthrough of V due to watching... Super Robot Wars V, for those who don't speak Zach. <laughs> Thank you. I need a freaking translator. I actually assumed that's what he ne- meant, but... Yeah, but you know Zach. Yeah, that's fair. But since I rewatched Evangelion 2.22, it made me want to play replay Super Robot Wars V again, because uh, the Evangelion units are in that game. And it's the plot from 2.22. Actually, I think it's basically just the climax of the movie. Yes. And also, Evangelion 13 shows up, and he's like, I'll be in 3.33. Cowrie's here. Hi. <laughs> he's a hidden unit, but yeah, he does show up. I haven't gone too far. I'm very excited for the new Super Robot Wars 30, which is apparently coming out on Steam. Is it called that because it's the 30th anniversary? Or? Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah, so that one's exciting. Uh, the list is interesting. It's all posted in our general chat. I might end up going back and pinning it later, but that also sounds like work. And then um, besides that, I've played a lot of my phone games, but that isn't really all that interesting to talk about right now. So because there's no like major events going on, there's a rerun event. I uh, say so one of my games that I picked up recently is a phone game that is actually quite fun. So why don't you just talk about that, and we won't even have to have that awkward transition we always do. That is fair. Um, so I went on vacation recently, and. Uh, was talked into spending some of my free Google advertisement money on Meteorfall, which is a fairly simple deck builder, but you have like 12 different characters and they all have extremely different like deck archetypes. So you have one guy whose entire thing is summoning undead into the opponent's deck, which just pollutes their deck with useless skeletons. Uh, my favorite thing that he has is a skeleton party, which summons festive skeletons, which are all wearing little party hats into their deck. It's hilarious. The art is very Adventure Time, uh, so it's also just fun to look at. There's, like, crazy character designs and stuff. 
as of literally just this morning, I have now beaten the game with every character, so I might be about done with it, but it was three bucks, so. Well, Evangelion just came up, so. Congratulations. (laughs) (laughs) What else have I been playing? Also, I bought Slay the Spire on my phone because I needed to own it on a third platform. I wish it was just called Slay the Spire on my phone. (laughs) Identical game, but (laughs) that would be pretty funny. It is a travesty that all three versions of this game have cloud sync that do not communicate with each other. So I can play... On Steam, on multiple different computers, but that Steam save file does not transfer to a different version of the game. You can play it on multiple different Switches. <laughs> yep, multiple different Switches. I can play it on multiple different Android phones linked to my Google account. That is rather annoying. It's because they're technically different versions of the game, so there's not uh, compatibility between all of them. Like, the Switch version is way behind the other two. Oh, okay, that makes a lot more sense then. Yeah, they also, I think, like, subcontracted the porting of the game to different consoles to, like, some other company. Did I talk about Control ever? You did. And okay. Alex came in here and was like, talk about Control as soon as you were done. Yeah, that's right. So I have since beaten Control and, like, hey, it's a really good game. That's what the video games man said. Yep. I, I at, Towards the end of the game, I just stopped shooting things and just started telekinetically hucking rocks at everything. And it turns out that's way better than using my assault rifle. Yeah, that sounds so. like the end of an anime. <laughs> I mean, that is kind of how PsyOps went, too, is that you end the game basically just by throwing things at everybody. And you're like, why do I even bother carrying this assault rifle? It's also how that part of Half-Life 2 goes that everybody likes. The end, Yeah, the ending of it when you actually get to pick people up with the gravity gun. Oh, that's another. That's a game I played. It's Half Life Two, on purpose. Yes. Okay. I forgot how bad it's like loading <laughs> breaks are. It's really bad. In terms of like flow or yeah, they'll just pop up. It's like loading. Yeah, that's why they put elevators in Portal. Uh, what the heck else did I play? I know I've played something else, and we'll never. Oh. Uh, speaking of Mega Man Battle Network, I played a game called One Step from Eden, which is uh very similar. Like it's a deck builder where you have essentially just the chips from Mega Man Battle Network come up in the deck, and you move around a 3x3 grid and shoot things at or to the other side of the grid. But because it's also a deck builder, there's like a synergy where like certain cards will affect certain cards of another type, so you have to like try to build a good deck while at the same time also avoiding a bunch of enemy attacks. It's a ton of fun, I'm very bad at it, but I've also only done like four runs, so. Would highly recommend, though, it was like, four dollars on the steam sale and i think it's normal price is only like seven now so yeah i think that's pretty much everything of note i've been playing recently honestly just haven't been playing a ton of video games lately i feel like i was playing something oh i picked up bravely default 2 again oh yeah you mentioned that how is i mean it's still bravely default it's like weird i'm trying to remember how long it took in the original to start getting to the plot twist it takes like longer than you think but then not that long, actually. Yeah. It's like four or five dungeons. So I will say I'm not exceptionally enamored of the story of this game. It's extremely generic JRPG so far. What I will say is, one, the combat's great because it's just bravely default again. And also, it is crazy hard. I went from an area where I was just like completely stomping enemies to an area where I was basically treating every fight like a mini boss. I'm like, you know what? This is probably just because like the, the plot indicates that I should not be fighting these guys right now, so, like, I'll just avoid all of them. Got to the boss at the end of the area. He destroyed me in two turns. I'm like, well, I am clearly not prepared for this or need to find, like, a different set of character classes or something. 
I will ask the question I asked last time you brought this game up. Are there any cool jobs? I think I've only unlocked one more job since the last <laughs> time we've, well we've done. talked about this. Well, I haven't played it a whole lot. Um, I unlocked Beastmaster, which I think works very similarly to a uh, Dragon Quest class of probably the same name, where you can capture enemy or enemies like Pokemon and then release them later. But that's been a lot of fun, actually, is just like going around capturing enemies and figuring out what their effects are. More games should be Pokemon. I agree. More games should be Pokemon. Uh, the downside is once you use it, it's gone forever. Yeah. So it's like Ninja. Yeah. You have to stockpile them. Um, you have to get a bunch of legendary swords so you can throw them all at Kefka at the end. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'll also have a bizarre number of throwing weapons, which I have not used throughout the entire game because I thought I had to have a ninja-like class with throw in order to use them. But, oh, so it wasn't a situation where it was, but I might need it later. No, I've gotten over that a lot. I tend to use items a lot more liberally than I used to in my younger days. I don't hoard elixirs anymore. I still do. <laughs> nope, I'm, I I think that... Oh, that's the other thing I was playing. I completely forgot about it. Uh, I played about halfway through What Remains of Edith Finch, and then went on vacation where I did not have a computer, and then forgot, forgot to ever finish it. It's only like a two and a half hour game, so... It's really interesting. Would highly recommend if you're into, like, really weird walking simulators. One of the best recommendations from the year 2010. Yeah, <laughs> also that. Again, it was like $2 on the Steam sale, so I figured it was time I finally got around to playing that. It's been on my list forever. Okay, that is finally, now I think, everything of note. Jeremy, what have you been up to? So I've been playing a lot of World of Warcraft with Zach and Kevin and them. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry, Chris. But them went on a vacation to Arizona for two weeks and has been having migraines, so we haven't been able to play as regularly. So I wasn't getting my WoW dose. And I watched one WoW video, so YouTube thinks I am the WoW mans now and will only <laughs> recommend to me World of Warcraft content. And if you don't know, a lot of the discussion in the World of Warcraft community is, should we jump off the sinking ship onto that ship that looks like they got rid of all the holes right now? And so having been inundated with a lot of that content, I decided to check out Final Fantasy XIV, A Realm Reborn, now with free trial, unlimited hours, including Heavensward. <laughs> I, That's an awkward title. I've seen a lot of people getting into Final Fantasy XIV recently. Is it because WoW is a sinking ship right now? It's got a almost perfect storm going on to draw stuff to it. It was just on the Steam sale. That helps. Yeah. There's the WoW Exodus. Like, everybody who is making, like, if you're a big name in WoW content, you've at least tried 14 and said good things about it. So there's a, a huge number of WoW refugees. Also, they're just in this, like, lull between the last patch of this expansion just happened and the next expansion is announced and coming out so all of the cool stuff from the next expansion has been announced but all of the cool stuff from this expansion is there and you can go do it so it's in like a very good spot just like patch cycle wise so i think it's just like the ley lines converged on final fantasy 14 it's like launch that was not our time we had to remake <laughs> this game it was so bad apparently now is our time five expansions in yeah, how long has it been out? I thought it was like a 10-year-old game now. Uh, I don't think it's quite that old, because WoW is about 10 years old. A 20-year-old no, game. <laughs> WoW is almost wow is 20 almost years 20. Yeah, old, Zach. I, I want to say 2014, but that just might be because it's Final Fantasy XIV. Uh, yeah, fair. I like it. It's very weird to describe in comparison to WoW, because a lot of things I like about it are things that modern WoW has done that I think has made modern WoW worse. And I wonder huh. how much of it is just that I'm not comparing Final Fantasy XIV to Classic WoW, even though that's the main game I'm playing. I don't compare it in the same way. 
it's a very weird and interesting thing. I am having a ton of fun with it. That's it. Well, what are you playing? I just became a paladin, okay. which was gladiator. So I have, wait, the classes change? Kind of. I, I think this was an idea from the old game that just kind of before they remade it that just like stuck with. But the first thirty levels of all the starting classes are a different class than you, they basically evolve, sort of Fire Emblem style into a better class. But all of the classes they have added since with DLC do not do that. Okay, interesting. Yeah. It strikes me very much as this was a different system before. Because I know to get Paladin before, you had to level up Gladiator uh, to a certain level and Conjurer, which becomes White Mage to a certain level, and then you got Gladiator. And I think there was a lot of that in base Final Fantasy fourteen that they got rid of because it was unliked. Is my sort of grapple with it because it seems like a weird system because becoming a gladiator there wasn't like a ton of fanfare to it it was just like now you get this spell like you would have gotten if you leveled up anyway it does create like a kind of cool milestone i guess though in the middle of the original experience the job system is incredibly fluid though oh interesting if you equip another class's weapon you become that class very interesting so you can switch classes based on just what weapon you happen to be holding and you have to level up each one individually. So if I'm Paladin, I'm like level five on Rogue because I tried them all out just to see. If I equipped daggers, I would go down to level five Rogue. Is but, there a practical use for that in like, because I assume given that it's an MMO, it's like kind of a party based system. No, not the way you're thinking, because you're forbidden from changing weapon slash class while you're in, not in any party, but in party content, like a dungeon or something. Gotcha. Anything instance, and you can't do it mid combat either. Okay, so... So you can't just hot switch to a staff and cast a healing spell as a white mage. Gotcha. Huh, that does kind of do away with the idea of having alts. Yes. And one criticism of it is it's a very alt-unfriendly game in a lot of ways, but the counter to that is, well, why would you actually want an alt? Like, the only reason to have one is if you have a friend on another server, but in the next expansion, they are getting... They're allowing you to visit other servers, and I don't know how it's going to work, so even that reason will be gone soon. Do you have to fly your Gundam through a physical portal located on the overworld? Only one class gets Gundams. (laughs) I'm surprised that any, is it like a tinkerer? Mechanist. Okay. They they have gun in their primary hand and Gundam in their offhand. I have not unlocked that class yet. (laughs) So are there different races in that game? There are. And that's one of the weird things about it because they were very much like, we can't call these humans and elves. Like, well, they are humans and elves. And there are some like the Viera are from Final Fantasy, I think, 12. It's 12 or 13, I can't remember. And so they're Viera, and I'm like, yeah, I know what a Viera is. You can just have that. But you don't need to call your humans heroes. But yeah, there are different races. I mean, I just said that the big conversation now is, should we all jump off the WoW sinking ship onto 14? And it is so prevalent, the creator of Final Fantasy 14 came out and said, hey, you know, don't complain about WoW. Final Fantasy 14 would not exist if I hadn't played a thousand hours of WoW 10 years ago. <laughs> like, it's good for both games to exist and compete. Actually, that is definitely true, because anytime you have a competition, it makes things better. Or yeah. in theory, it should. The, the argument from the other side is Blizzard isn't trying to compete, though. That's why you're stomping them right now. Although lots of the complaints about modern WoW that people are jumping for are not complaints I had. But I found it very interesting. And Kevin came to me and was like, hey, after we get to 70, you want to play Final Fantasy fourteen? And I was like, well, funny story about that. <laughs> interesting. I mean, I wouldn't be averse to trying it, although I... That's the other thing I have to say in its... Uh, Sort of. Okay, let us let me say, the worst thing about Final Fantasy XIV is buying slash installing it. <laughs> really? Yes. Why uh, is that? I had an install problem that I'm not the only person that had, but few enough people have had that there are like three forum friends where no one was able to help them. 
I eventually got it installed. And buying it because it is perfectly cross-platform between PS4, PS5, PC, and Steam. But if you buy it on Steam, you have to buy all your stuff through Steam. You can't buy it through the Square Shop. They're not compatible. If you buy it on the Square Shop, you can't buy it on Steam. They're not compatible. If you buy it on PS4, you can't buy it anywhere else. They're not compatible. So just like the loop, there's just a lot of work to buying it. And after they put it on Steam sale, this is a separate thing. They had to halt sales temporarily because too many characters were being created and overloading the servers. <laughs> I mean, that's a good problem to have, yes, I guess. That but... is the problem you want. But I mean, I'm, if I remember or if somebody reminds me around the winter sale, I may pick it up at that time. The, the other thing, though, that I was about to say is uh, the free trial is expansive. There's no time limit on it. You can get up to level 60. The current cap is 80. There are limits, but most of them are social limits that seem pretty clearly designed to stop gold farmers from just abusing trial stuff. The biggest limit is that you can only create one character per server, but as just established, there's not a lot of reason to create more than one character per server anyway. Unless you want to. I mean, the only other reason I can think of is if you wanted to have a character specifically for playing with your friends, like we do with our paladins. The level scaling is incredibly good at it. When Kevin said that, I said the problem with that is the way we play WoW would not work in 14 because the overworld monsters are so easy. There is no reason to group up and fight them. And the quest system is it's not super different from WoW, but it's different enough that it's not a good idea to gather a bunch, go get a bunch of quests and then go do them and come back. That's not really the flow of that game. But all of the instant stuff, the dungeons and everything, they all have level caps that they will just scale to you too if you're above them. So, Interesting. Yeah. So if you guys all wanted to play with me, we would just do the dungeons you're at, and I would just tank them because I'm a tank, and I would just be scaled down to whatever the level max is on that dungeon. I kind of like that idea, actually. There, there are problems. Like I said, I don't like the steps WoW has taken towards that, so it feels weird that I like it in Final Fantasy. Although there are reasons that this is kind of necessary for Final Fantasy. In particular, Final Fantasy has a main quest that gates your progress in ways. Oh, a um, little bit like Guild Wars did? I am not familiar, but... Guild Wars would have uh, progress gates for their actual story. Yeah, wait, wait, level, WoW, pretty much everything is level-gated. And Final Fantasy stuff is level and story-gated. Some of those story quests require you do dungeons. Seems a lot less just casually playing with your friends friendly, though. Yeah, yes, I think it is for casual. I, we would have to do it more like how them wants us to play WoW, where we all like level up to certain points, and then we go do the stuff together. It depends on how you look at it, though, right? Because if I like way over-level you guys, or you guys start a month after me, it's very easy for me to play with you. Because even if I didn't want to do the tank thing I was talking about, I can just switch my class to one that's not yeah. leveled up. Or, you know, if just one person just plays a lot more than everyone else, yeah. it's not that much of a deal. The way we've gotten around that in, in our WoW play is that we all have a couple of characters that are we're playing together. At least me and Jeremy, yeah. when we play alone. I, I guess Chris has a character that he plays alone. But we have a set of characters that we only play when we're all online. Which is what led me to 14, is that I wanted some of that MMO stuff, but I didn't want to play another WoW character. And I didn't want to play the WoW characters we're playing together, because we're playing them together. Uh, so another important question to ask: Is fourteen a monthly subscription? Yes. It went what, like I said. I have not paid a dime for it yet. I'm thirty hours in. I have not given them a dime. But if I do eventually decide, and I think I will, because I am enjoying the game, I'm going to buy this game. It is a monthly subscription. It like WoW is monetized in every way possible. You have to buy the game. You have to pay a monthly sub, and they have a cash shop. Wait, so you both have to buy it and also pay a monthly subscription? Yeah. Uh, 
I mean, that's how WoW works too. That's like that's I think why they get compared so much is they are the only MMOs that at this point can be, say, hey, you have to buy us and you have to pay us monthly. Most of them are like, we're completely free. Please play us. Yeah, <laughs> at this point, a lot of the a lot of those type of games come out as free to play and they're monetized through a cash shop. Yeah, I was gonna say like I played some Warframe with Kevin a while ago and like that game is completely free and like pretty much you only pay for cosmetics. So. That's another way a lot of those games do it. Like yep. League of Legends does it the same way. My favorite was Star Wars The Old Republic that made you pay for act- extra action bars. They were so nickel and tiny. And I think professions. I think to have professions, you had to pay. Blah. Yeah. Blah. Yeah. I don't mind a monthly subscription. Paying two seems weird, and I'm not planning on stopping WoW, which I think is the main reason I haven't bought the game already. That and the only limit that's really hit me on the trial is the inventory space. What is the uh, monet, not monetization? Sorry, what is the monthly subscription fee for? Fourteen, because I know it's fifteen so, bucks a month for WoW. It is also fifteen bucks a month, but they also have some like add-ons you can get for extra stuff, which I'm not super interested in. But they have, in addition to the monthly, they have like monthly cash shop things, I guess, that most people just consider added onto the sub. Oh, okay, but yeah, it is very comparable to WoW in that you buy the latest expansion, you get everything, and then it's a fifteen dollar a month. Sub. The main director played WoW for a long time, and you can tell it takes a lot of cues from WoW, which is, like I said, makes it very interesting. Well, WoW had such a huge impact in that sphere that it makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I just... This is the first time I think there's genuinely talk about something actually killing WoW. I don't know that it will or not. So it seems so weird to me that it's so similar to WoW, when so many people tried so many weird things to do that. Probably just because people wanted to be... Uh, people wanted another WoW, basically. Well, well, That's you, why you, you didn't need see a gimmick, a right? To sell it over WoW. Well, and Final Fantasy had the Final Fantasy name attached to Star it. Star Wars had Star Wars. Yeah, Which but Star Wars also fell under the same problem of they advertised it as the Old Republic, and you had people wanting the Old Republic, the KOTOR, yeah. and they didn't deliver on that. And the fact that it was Bioware, and it's like, Bioware is not very good at this kind of thing. Yeah. Bioware makes good games, not that game. Uh, Bioware made good games, I'm going to say it. That's fair. I don't honestly don't know what they've made recently. Oh, Anthem. That one, that one game where you're Iron Man. Yeah. <laughs> the last two games they made were Anthem and Mass Effect Andromeda. Yeah. Two disasters. Yeah. So Jeremy's right until they can prove otherwise. I, I think everybody with, I don't want to say everybody with talent. That's mean the people who work there. But I think the driving forces that made Bioware games good are gone. Uh, Inquisition wasn't bad, but that was the last one that they had that wasn't like, what the hell are you guys doing? So this is like the theory Ed and I had that Niantic was just like all the people Google didn't want to keep around who were working on their localization stuff. Now Niantic actually hired a bunch of people and they're like kind of a good company now, but Pokemon Go was never going to be a good game. So, <laughs> I mean, it doesn't have to be, right? It was already Pokemon Go. Yes, exactly. And now they're working on other stuff that I'm actually kind of interested in, but... But they'll never have another Pokemon Go. No. They will never do anything nearly that popular ever again. That was a magical storm of coincidence happening all at once. Yeah, like I said, sometimes that happens to things. Yep. Yeah, magical storms of coincidences always cause something to go flying out ahead, and then they just kind of lose steam eventually. Although, you have to have something there to catch those winds. All right, I, I, that's pretty much all I've been playing. Two MMOs is a lot, actually. It's just well, not a lot to talk is. about. <laughs> they, they, uh, it really is, because you spend so much time in both of them to get anywhere, and I know at least for a good chunk of it, two nights a week is wow. Yeah. Because one's with me on the 60s, and then the other one is with everybody else getting there. Yeah, and like 
Final Fantasy XIV is my casual, hey, I have an hour game. But yeah, that's all I've been playing. So we played Mega Man Battle Network 2, a game that I really, really liked as a kid. And there's still stuff I like about it as an adult. I think there's a good game in here, but you do have to mine away about 60% of the game to get there. Which is not very good. It's the same kind of the same thing I've said about a lot of games. It gets good around the 60-hour mark. You know that's not a point in its favor, right? I, I don't even know that it gets no. good around the 60-hour. There's 60% of the game needs to be chipped away yeah. in order to be good. It's <laughs> not the first 60%. It's all the parts where you're on an open world walking around. And th- yeah, that's kind of what flattened me. Th- th- this is a game where they really wanted you to feel like you got your money's worth. So it's very long, but the way they achieve that is by having you backtrack across the entire damn world every time a new plot event happens. And making it as obtuse as possible to get anywhere. Yep. Yeah, it's definitely got those JRPG, hey, the bridge is out, you better go get Mitch's coffee. No, I'm not going to tell you that, but that's how you fix the bridge. (laughs) Also, Mitch is two towns over and the coffee hut is in the starting town. You might have missed it. You probably missed it because you weren't necessarily looking. And even if you didn't miss it, you weren't allowed to buy coffee because you're a kid. Now you're allowed to, though, because you talked to me, the bridge guy. That does make me want to go play Majora's Mask now. Um, I've been kind of jonesing for it, and I want that good, good milk bar. I kind of want to play Darkest Dungeon more. You know, I own that now, and I have not yet played it. And, like, I'm kind of saving it because I know I'm going to get really into it, so. I thought I mentioned it to you at one point. You said you really didn't like the art style. I don't really like the art style. That's fair. Okay, I really like the dark art, the the dark art style that they've got going for them. But yeah, I like the sprite art of it, and like the dark style, I could take or leave. I do think you will actually get very into it if you do. Yeah, you can so. tell that Mega Man Battle Network was good because we're yeah. talking. <laughs> as, I, I was thinking about Final Fantasy fourteen still. <laughs> I think Zach and I talked in the car. We're going to disagree on this. I think the combat system is pretty good for this game. I think it's very interesting. That's actually one of the things that made me like the original Battle Network, and I think it's slightly improved in this one. I think it's a complete and total slog and had no fun any time it happened, which is one of the reasons why I didn't get, like, anywhere, is because engaging with the combat system made me want to pull my hair out. And that's really interesting to me, because I really like doing various chip combinations and, like, trying to figure out how to, like, play the field. What about it feels like a slog to you? Before we get to that, good question, but let's overview it. So for anyone who hasn't played, this is an RPG, so it has random battles like you would expect. When you get into one, you are on a three by three grid and your opponents are on a three by three grid and you have a deck basically of chips and it will deal five to you. Each chip is an attack you can do. Chips have letters and you can only take chips with the same letter into a round. What you select your chips, you start around, and then you move around on the grid, avoiding attacks that get sent your way, trying to position yourself to do attacks. You have things like a sword, which will attack the three squares in front of you wide, or blasts that go lengthwise across the board the whole way and will do damage. You have various patterns as the game goes on to get more and more complex, but you do the battle round for probably 30 seconds. It might not even be that long, and then you draw chips again. So yes, Zach, Tyler's question, what, what about this did you find unengaging? Most of the time, it felt like I wasn't getting anything that I actually could use. So it was like, hey, here's a sword. Oh, that's nice. Everything's in the back rank. I can't actually touch anything with any of the shit you gave me. And I had to wait until you draw another set. And so it was like, all right, I guess I get to chip them down with this cannon again. Yay. This is what I want to spend 20 minutes doing is engaging with this combat system. 
And your buster is super useless early on. Yeah, eventually you get an ability to charge it, and then it becomes much more useful, but I definitely think that should be a base ability or unlocked much sooner in the game. Because when you have no chips to use, the combat is just a slog. Later on, when enemies become more difficult, it's less of a slog, because evading is actually engaging. But early on, I can definitely see that, because the attacks are pretty trivial to dodge. My bigger problem with the combat is how frequent it is. It's um, way too much. Because I can definitely agree with you there. I'm fine fighting two cannons. The problem is I take six more steps. I realize, oh, I went the wrong way and turn around and there's two more cannons. And then, you know, it's that old random battles video. You, you give the finger gun and two more <laughs> cannons show up and you're trying to figure out which way you go in this blinding maze of circuits. Uh, I think the combat system itself is actually really good, especially when you get to some of the later boss encounter designs. But there's also the problem you're running into, Zach, that I think is good for a game like this. It's what the old director of Magic the Gathering said about it's important there be bad cards in Magic the Gathering so new players can realize this card is bad and take it out of their deck. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely the case. It's just one of those things where, especially because of the fact what you're talking about, where random battles keep popping up every other second, I'm already not engaged with your combat system, and I already think it's crap. And now you're forcing me to engage with it every 10 seconds. It's not like when I'm playing Pokemon or Digimon Cyber Sleuth, because that's one that came into my head because I've spent so much time farming in that one. At least that combat system usually gives me some time to get somewhere. I've found a lot of times more often I'm like, all right, I need to grind up. Can I get an encounter, please? Whereas this has, like, almost the opposite problem, like Jeremy was saying, is every time you take a step, you're like, and half a tile, and it's another combat. And th I, that, I think, is greatly compounded by how bad the level design and the, like... Yeah. I don't, quest design seems like a weird way to put it, but the, hey, this is what you have to do to unlock the next part of the game. It's like, you have to find a mystery person. Go find this person that I'm looking for. Can you tell me who they are? No. Tell me where they went? No. And a fair number of the quests involve you, like, backtracking to previous areas, and, like, now you have to walk through a place you've already been. It's not even new and exciting. Not that, you know, a lot of the background art is terribly great when you're on the internet in this. Wasn't this game originally a Game Boy Color game, so there no. is a little bit of leeway on that? It's these advanced. Were, these are all GBA games. Oh, advanced, whatever. It, it's The statement kind of stands, because they still didn't have a lot of grunt to make a lot of like high-quality-looking backgrounds. But they could do things like change the color in each place, which would give you directional clues of like, oh, this is the room I'm in, the pink one. Okay, I mean, yeah, that's definitely true, because uh, we can all remember that the original Pokemon on Game Boy Color did that. Real random example, but Golden Sun is a GBA game. I, Golden RPG Sun was actually that, the one uh, I was I, and, I played Golden Sun. I, I actually really liked Golden Sun. Golden Sun's great. Golden uh, Sun 2 is also granted, great. I did have a problem finding where I had to go at one point, because I, it doesn't tell you where to go to get the girl. They have a guidepost problem on that one, but like... For sure, but navigationally, you never like you don't get turned around in a dungeon, right? You usually are like, okay, I was going north. Also, like, if you ever do have to backtrack, you're like, oh, this is where I solved that puzzle, because there's, like, a specific thing that you had to do in order to go past Usually with one of your, like, push powers, yeah. or the ice pillars or something. But yeah, you had to do something in the overworld that would give you a hint. I just think navigation is super hard in this game, which with frequent random encounters is way worse, because you get a little disoriented, or at least I do, on every encounter. And the encounters become very frustrating. And even though, like I said, I like the combat in this game, I also found myself very frustrated with the frequency of it. I've definitely had the same thing where I'm playing a game, get random encounters, and I had like turned around right before the random encounter for whatever reason, get disoriented and be like, which way was I going? 
That's like, what this why? game does allow you to do deck building, one of my favorite mechanics of all time. And it's so. kind of early on that train. Yu-Gi-Oh! is already out. So like the, hey, what if we include card systems in games was getting popular. But I also really like that. I think another problem with bug combat is that they don't feel rewarding. Like, you don't level up. You get money. You get rewards for fights. And there's even extra rewards for doing them faster efficiently, which I think is good. But you don't, like, have a standard level-up system because the advancement is through the cards, which are chips, but they're basically cards, which I actually think is very good. But it means the rewards for fights not good because you're not getting cards for fights. It is weird how cathartic is not quite the right word rewarding it feels to get that level up like even if it doesn't really give you anything just having it be like you leveled up and you got a little bit of additional stats it feels so nice to get that well and because final fantasy did it lots of games play fanfare and that is like triggering of dopamine the glow and wow feels good da 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 feels good it's uh i can't think of any game that doesn't have fanfare when you level up because i was gonna say fire emblem but that definitely has extreme levels of fanfare I would say it's more that some games do it a lot better than other games. But yes, but there's not that rush of dopamine. There's not that, oh, well, at least I'm close to leveling so that I'll get through this fight and that'll be good. You do get money, which is actually useful for buying cards, but it doesn't trigger the same gateways because it's not like your money is on screen and you're like, oh, I'm so close to that thing I want. And you don't quite have the same level of feeling of, uh, yes, I've leveled up enough. Now I can go crush those things from the early starting zones and not have to deal with it. I can go slaughter those level 2 Rattatas that were annoying when I first started the game. Yeah, I think one of the best things about Earthbound is how low-level enemies run away from you. It feels real good. It is actually really nice. That's actually, I think, a minor problem with this game is that you don't really... Do you get to try out chips before you use them in this? I can't remember. I don't don't, believe so. I don't think so. So it's hard to know whether or not you're going to like the way a particular chip plays before you actually use it. And then you have to you spend resources on getting them usually. So, yes, although oftentimes they're just like letter differences in the ones you use, which is like if you can get your whole deck the same letter, that's powerful. Yeah, but it's not like exciting or sexy. It's practical power as opposed to getting a new cool thing. And while practical power is better in the long run, it's always more exciting and will keep you playing longer when you get cool new things. Yep. I don't know, sometimes you end up with cool new things that have a lot of practical power. Well, that's the best of both worlds, right? But from a design standpoint, it's hard to make every ability the most important one. I think Persona does a pretty good job of it. Yeah, but sometimes you just get better nuke spell. Okay, yeah, that's true. But every different tier of... every And and what I meant was, most levels in Persona, you don't get an ability. That's true, you just get a stat boost. Yes. Practical, good, but not sexy. The last thing I wanted to talk about is the save system in this. It's kind of fashioned, you know, yes, but it's an old game. It was on the way out here, but for especially a lot of uh, Game Boy games, Game Boy Advance games, it was common. It's that kick you in the dick. Oh, you lost. Go to the title screen. Hope you saved chump system that always really gets me. I think it depends on the game, because like when when I lose in Fire Emblem on the Game Boy or well, actually, let's be honest. I don't usually lose in Fire Emblem. Somebody usually <laughs> dies in Fire Emblem. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. The thing about Fire Emblem is you restart yourself. You go, God damn it. And you turn the thing off. Yeah, I said that and then realized that it wasn't so much of the game doing there's, that. There's it's a difference me. between yeah, the game kicking you in the dick and you punching yourself in the dick because you can't <laughs> because it's worth 10 points. And <laughs> the prom queen is only worth nine. <laughs> yeah, turning it off because Matthew died again. Getting kicked out to the title screen is never fun. And then especially when you reload and realize that you hadn't saved because there wasn't a save point for the last hour because you got lost on the way back. And this game is less old fashioned than that you can save anywhere. 
But that it does create a cadence with me of like, especially because so many of the combats are, I won't say boring because I just defended the combat system, but rote. I've done them a hundred times. I'm not going to die to these two cannons. I sort of get complacent. And then Frogman appears and I have not saved in a year. Oh, yeah. Also, hey, can we talk about how you get the boss abilities? Because yeah. that's dumb. So after you beat a boss, you have a chance to randomly encounter them again. So sometimes we'll just be walking along, fighting a bunch of cannons, and then fucking Quick Man just appears out of nowhere and wrecks your... Also, it's a stronger version, and it could be a boss you just fought. And let's assume you just barely won. Now you're fighting something that's one and a half times as powerful. Just randomly in the middle of nowhere. I kind of like that because for the same reason I like the idea of Raikou, Entei, and Suicune in Gold and Silver. I suppose in the same way, it's actually not a good mechanic because you just end up manipulating it to get them. But it is really cool when you're just walking around expecting a Zubat and a legendary Pokemon shows up. I mostly just wish there was a way to explicitly trigger it because if you're going out hunting for them... Uh, yeah, yeah, like I said, if they're legendary dogs, you end up abusing it and you use the trackers and the fly system and you corral them. Yep, but the flip side of that is when you're not looking for them. I've never accidentally run into one of the legendary dogs. Really? Okay. Even yep. when you were a kid? Yep, I don't think so. I think it shows I ran you... into a couple of them. Yeah, because I didn't know that that was a mechanic when I was playing. And yeah. then just you, Entei showed up. You do like, have to what release the going them on? first. Yeah, you do. But yeah, once that happened, I think I ran into him a couple of times. Wow. Oh. I mean, as an adult, I don't. Because yeah. I'm just going to get them later. But as a kid who played a lot of Pokemon and didn't necessarily know how the mechanics of it all worked. That's fair. I don't know. I feel like I was like... 14 or something when I played Silver, so yeah. I understood well, it fairly well. Which is the intent. You're just supposed to be excited when a, uh, a legendary Pokemon shows up, right? Yeah. But you gotta punch yourself in your the deck if you can get your, <laughs> to fill your Pokedex, because that's what you want to do. You, you optimize the fun out of it. And does that make it a big, bad mechanic? I don't know. I think it depends. Do you want to talk about the story of this, Tyler? Uh, you got the furthest. It's, it's worse than I remember. Uh, there's an evil group doing bad things just because... I forget the first guy's name. Uh, so you're dealing with this, like, quasi-mad scientist sort for a while, and then a group named Genesis blows him up via briefcase over his phone. And after he gets blown up, the boss of Genesis continues talking to him on the phone. It's great. There are some localization problems with this game also. They're not terrible, but, like, sometimes the dialogue is kind of stilted. This story is... I don't know... Evil villains doing evil things for reasons, I guess. So high schooler, or I'm sorry, middle schooler has to internet them to death with Mega Man. Yep. Also, <laughs> I love that part of the initial plot of the game is that Net has to, or sorry, Lan, um, because he's Net in the Japanese version, and then they localize that to Lan for some reason. I don't know why they felt the need to do that. Lan has to become an officially registered battler, because apparently he wasn't over the entire course of the first game. Well, he was too young then. Ah, oh, yeah, no, that makes sense. He was he was illegally net battling before. Oh no! This... Look, every kid says they're eighteen before they are. Join certain websites. It's fine. That is true. Um, it it's just that in Land's case, the website he decided to join was basically just like it was internet cockfights. Yeah, I was gonna say uh, competitive Pokemon battling. <laughs> which oh no, the story is not really anything to write home about. It's it. I don't, you've, you find a guy who claims to have an IQ of 170, and his solution to dealing with a normal child is to honorably duel him. To be fair, I feel like I could take a child in a duel. Okay, that is fair. <laughs> I got a little bit of reach on them. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, to play Super Smash Brothers with this child. Yeah, no, they such... would crush me. I'm a geriatric millennial. <laughs> <laughs> I know what Shugi is now, which means nobody else is going to say it for the rest of time. 
I mean, I did only recently learn that. Yeah, no, so. yeah. No, I learned it and it was immediately like, well, that can't be accurate slang anymore because I know it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I am actually the youngest, so. But you're the oldest at heart. Yeah, you're the oldest in spirit, Zach. Yeah. Anything else you want to say about Mega Man Battle Network? It was fun to revisit. It was a weird one to have sitting for so long. Would have been way better if it was Dark Souls, and then maybe I would have beat Dark Souls. But <laughs> Alright, so we have a list on our website, www.lastpodcast.com, ranking all the games we've played from best to worst. I can't believe I got that in one. It's been so long. <laughs> I can't get anything on Jumpstart Weekly in one. At the top is Chrono Trigger. That's a way better JRPG than this. I don't even remember what's at the bottom. This is going to be a fun treat. Uh, Here we go, guys. Alex Kidd? Give me our guesses. No, um, no it's not an Alex Kidd game. Is it still Echo? Echo 2, I guess, technically. Going once, I Zach. think it might be Echo 2. City Connection. Oh! Number 292. No. I forgot about City Connection. What's a 291? Uh, Night Trap. Wow. Oh, wow. We really? put that really low. Yeah. We put Night Trap at 291? We're, we're idiots. I'm a little surprised. This, this, yeah. is, this is a proof that any that you in the past is an idiot. <laughs> no, no, no. Now that I think about it, no, that's accurate. I mean, it's not a great, it's a very entertaining game. I feel like we would have rated it higher based on the memes, but. Dead in the center, we have Kirby's Dreamland. Okay. All right, we compared this to Golden Sun before during the episode, so I think that's a good place to start. I definitely don't think it's as good as we played. I'm Golden sorry, Sun? we played Golden Sun for this podcast? Yes. What? <laughs> I don't remember that. Are you that. sure we did? I don't remember doing that. <laughs> um, I, I do. No, I agree, Golden Sun's better. Golden uh, Sun is far better. Yeah. I just don't remember ever playing it for this I, podcast. I love the gin combination system. It's great. I don't normally like to pull out games that Zach didn't play from the before Zach times this podcast to compare, but I think comparing it to the original Final Fantasy may be apt. How do you think it compares to that? You're making a face that tells me I'm correct in making you make this decision. Yeah, it's weird because better in some ways, worse in others. Absolutely. Um, I think I'm going to give it to Mega Man Battle Network because I think it's a little bit more... Inter like the problem is Final Fantasy suffers from the fact that a lot of games were that or became that template afterwards, although arguably Dragon Quest caused that to happen in the first place. But I think Mega Man Battle Network is like a more interesting twist on the genre. So this is weird, but the only classical turn based RPG between the two is Final Fantasy two. Yeah, and again, I have very similar fit like Zach, you played this one. I know I did, I just can't remember it really well. It's the one where you get more HP by getting hit. Yeah, it's the one where your defense oh. goes up when you get punched. Which, I like, I love that game, but also I don't think it's... Did we put that above the original Final Fantasy? We did. Huh. Oh, Final Fantasy. Huh. Yeah, Sorry. Interesting. Weird choices past us. Um, I think based on just the more interesting uh, system of leveling up and whatnot probably puts it above Battle Network. Although, they're, they, I didn't care for either one. Yeah, and Final Fantasy 2 definitely has some, like, where the hell am I going problems, even worse than Battle Network does. I think I'm going to have to give it to Battle Network and thus force the decision onto you, Jeremy. I think I like Battle Network's combat system a little bit more, That and that is what puts it over for me. Yeah, that's mostly what puts it over for me, is I think it is a slightly more interesting combat system than Hit Hit. Yeah, and that's what you're engaging with for the majority of both games, so. I feel like on a different day I might make the other choice, but... Right now, I'm leaning towards Mega Man Battle Network, which makes this easy because Mega Man Battle Network is at number 93 below Golden Sun and above Final Fantasy 2. Oh, well, That's easy. Convenient. What are we going to play next week, Tyler? 
Um, and by next week, I mean in the future. Yeah, whatever the, the future, hell we do it again. Um, a game. Um, I didn't realize it was my turn to pick because it's been so long. Since I have warned you many times. I have no idea. Maybe we, Dark Souls? We could do Dark Souls. How old is it? I, I'd love to do Dark Souls, frankly. Yeah, and I've always wanted an excuse to play it. Um, I need to get my copy back from Chris if he's got it. I'll ping him later. I will say that I want to take kind of an extended pause if we're doing Dark Souls. Like, I want to be satisfied with Dark Souls before we record. That is fair. I can go try to see if I can find my spreadsheet and pull out a backup game. No, I think that's fine. I'm, I'm not saying we should do it later because of that. I'm just saying if we do Dark Souls, I want to make that decision. Because I, it would at least be three weeks, I think, before we could record our last time anyway with the schedule I'm juggling in my head. Okay. Okay. And that might be enough time. That is fair. And I have run out of meaty games recently, so... I just have to remember if I own Dark Souls on the Switch or the PS4. I think I own it on Steam. I've got it on my PS4. Like I said, I just need to double check and see if Chris still has my copy and get him to bring it back to me on Sunday. All right. So next time on Last Time, get good. So we played Battle Battle Network Man Mega 2 Stroke Time. <laughs> you okay there, Jeremy? I, I think I'll be okay. Stroke Time.